0: Heading to Rorotonga, then you need to get the unofficial official guide to Roro, and it's completely free. The helpful eight-page PDF gets you completely ready for your holiday to Rorotonga. Inside the guide, you'll find information on transportation, Wi-Fi, customs, SIM, e-SIM information on the cards, scooter rentals, and so much more. To get your free guide to Rorotonga, head to roropass.com guide. That's Raropass, R A R O P A S S dot com slash guide. Welcome to the Kieran Podcast, your audio air bridge to the Cook Islands, and a show about what you will find and what you will not find in the Cook Islands. And here are your hosts, Sean Tall and Hayden. Pia hey, Rana Chantal, how you doing out there?
1: Arana Hayden, we're going to have a little bit of practice of Cook Island Māori to you. Uh-oh. Right, I'm putting you on the spot, aren't I?
0: You already questioned me on umu and I already got that one wrong like four episodes ago, so I'm in trouble. <laughs>
1: <laughs> pea E Koi, how are you? Pea E Koi.
0: Oh, this is going to be fun. So, are? pea E Koi?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, whew, I passed this test here. The, everyone listening <laughs> online. This this was not rehearsed for the record. I did not know this was coming. So I'm shooting from the no, head.
1: I just thought of it while I was driving here to our guest's house today, Timo Ukote. I thought I'm gonna put Hayden on the oh.
0: spot. To <laughs> <laughs> <Did> everyone <laughs> seeing well, the you video. Passed. You passed. <laughs> I did. And by the way, ora <laughs> everyone over there.
1: ora. and ora to all our listeners. Um as Hayden has always updated me, we've uh, branched over 20 countries that are listening at the moment. We appreciate that and we hope you're all well. Hayden, any countries you want to mention before we get into the show today with Timo Okotai?
0: Yeah, in the past seven days, we also had a listen from Spain. So kudos to whoever was listening in Barcelona, that I think was one of our first listeners from Spain. We also had New Caledonia. We've also had, again, the Turks and Caicos in the past week. So we have, we're getting more island nations. That's pretty awesome to hear that, both on the Pacific uh, and the Caribbean side.
1: Wonderful. I've never been to the Caribbean. Have you, Tim?
0: <laughs> no.
1: I've made it there now, Hayden. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, the audio of, of the Cook Islands has now reached the Caribbean, so it's pretty awesome to hear that these are just going out worldwide to all sorts of countries out there.
1: Well, before we hand the uh, microphone over to our guest, Tim Okatai, I'm just going to do a little bio uh, that I know. That I know and researched about uh, Mr. Tim Opete. He would like to talk today about his Radatonga Progressive Dining Tour. Progressive Dining Tour. Uh, the Progressive Dining started in 2005, and it's like you have dinner in three different local Radatonga homes, Hayden. So you have your um, Cook Islands food, and all the three stops, the entree in one house the main in one house and then the dessert in another house. And as you are progressively driven by the staff of Cook Islands Tours, you get to hear the stories of the host family that, at their actual
0: home. That is just even, I, I wouldn't say icing on the cake. It's not at all dessert. But it's still, that is the best part of Cook Islands is hearing the stories that you really get to go into people's homes and really be immersed in that culture. Yeah.
1: And, and it's good, Hayden, because you know how you are a tourist perspective, right? And you have been to Rarotonga four times, four or five times, right? Yeah. And you've done lots of tours, but you haven't actually made it to this tour. So what I'm going to like about this interview is that you are really going to be listening as someone who hasn't done this tour, and um, then you will get a lot of information for other people who are on their way to Rarotonga when the borders do reopen. Totally. Okay. Okay. And so it's pretty much like you'd be driven and you're entertained. Isn't that cool?
0: I'm going to sit back and listen.
1: Yeah, you'd be be driven and you're entertained. Um, So it's a tour for adults and children, and it operates on Mondays and Thursdays. Mondays and Thursdays, and it's 4.5 hours, right? Mondays and Thursdays. And it starts about 5 p.m. And they go around Tonga, and they pick up everybody on the tour and then you go to the first stop, the second stop, the third stop and you're driven and you're entertained. Uh, one of the things that I like about this tour, because of course I've done it before, is it's not 200 people doing it with you. It's, it's that there's a maximum of 40, maximum of 40 on the tour. So it's very intimate. It's very friendly. And you get to actually talk to other people who are on the tour with you because there's only 40 of you instead of 200, et cetera. So Temu, I'm going to give the microphone to you because I remember when I did the progressive dinner tour, you were driving one of the vehicles that night. And when we got to one of the houses, uh, from my memory, you said that you went somewhere and experienced the same kind of dinner.
2: Well, I, I went to Hawaii, which is about 40 years ago. But wow. uh, I went on a progressive dinner, but not, not like a, a, a tourist type, uh, you know, not visitors. It was with friends, uh, you know, where, where you do normally this kind of thing, thing among friends and colleagues. You go from home to home and so on. And that's what I did. But I was a, a, a first time visitor there around the Waikiki area that uh, a a very good friend of mine uh, took me around as his host with his friends. We visited, I think, four homes. And for me as a visitor, I thought that was an interesting way of of getting the feel of the place, uh, that people aspect, which you don't normally get, uh, especially in big places like Hawaii where you go on a tour. And it's all, uh, you know, well organized and so on. But you don't, you, you don't meet, you don't go to homes, you don't meet family, you don't have the time to find out what they do, what yeah. they're interested in, and so on. And uh, being naturally nosy, I, I really thought it was a very uh, interesting experience. And reflecting on the Cook Islands, because uh, I was already involved with the tourist industry here, yeah, working for government. Uh, I thought for us here, because we, we, we have big families and our and, 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 yeah, homes are open, we move around in our homes, we, you know, family, kids and so on. And, and to me, uh, visitors to the islands, our small islands, uh, this is an aspect that, that should be part of the experience. And, and so going into homes, the food is the excuse to be able to, <laughs> to enter homes.
1: The food is the excuse. I mean,
2: uh, <laughs> overall, I think that's, that you know. And, but we we love uh, having people for food. We love eating. Uh, um, and we can have instant uh, get-together here. In the morning, we decide we'll get together by lunchtime, and at lunchtime, we'll have 20, 30, 40 people. Having people in our homes is not a, not a problem. Feeding people is never a problem. Um, so um, I thought it was a natural fit for us to try something like this, which we did.
1: Uh, and that's 40 years ago, Hayden. You know that yeah. he went on this, right? You and know? I think of the Cook so, Islands
0: almost like Hawaii 40, 50 years ago. I, I wasn't alive well, back then. but a lot of what,
2: people say that, from especially those from the States, it's one of the common comments uh, that, that it would say. Oh, it's like Hawaii, uh, you know, 50 years ago, 50, 40 years ago. I guess uh, I I haven't seen it because even 40 years ago, my only the only place I visit and mainly for business was, uh, you know, the main island. I mean, uh, Oahu and Waikiki and so on. Ala was a shopping center and so on. I mean. I haven't found much change in those areas. They just grow bigger and bigger and, you know. Yeah. So, but it's always an interesting comment from people. Uh, it makes me wonder and makes us here wonder, well, how do we keep it that way? Because that seems to be the thing that attracts, especially uh,
0: Americans. No, I agree. I think
1: on the um, brochure, Hayden, for the Cook Islands tour's Rarotonga Progressive Dining there's a sentence that says Cook Islanders love to extend hospitality to guests in their homes this is your chance to experience the real Cook Islands right I like how he said before he's really lazy because I think generally everybody is (laughs) Timu, um, can you just tell us a little bit, please, about your background? Um, if you could, mm. it's up to you what you would like to tell us about you. If you want to do schooling, if you want. Well,
2: do... I, I I was born and brought up one the, the the furthest uh, small islands in the Cook Islands, now known as the Black Pearl uh, Island, Manihiki, uh, and and essentially uh, at the moment, I, I guess I claim to be a Black Pearl farm. Uh, I've had a, a farm there for 20 years more than 20 years, and uh, that's, that's also an important business for us, uh, for me and my wife, uh, the farm and retailing and so on. But tourism has always been, uh, my career started in tourism. My uh, university uh, studies was in tourism. And I got involved here in the tourist industry right at the beginning of the tourist industry here in the 70s. Because we had no tourism industry before 1974, absolutely nothing until our international airport opened. And it so happened I was studying at the university. The university and the government wanted me to go into teaching. I had no no intention of doing that. So I kind of specialized in my studies. My master's degree was on in tourism development. Uh, and so came back and got involved at the very very early stage of uh, us setting up our industry, uh, working for government. And uh, with very few professional people in the tourist industry, I was thrown at the deep end uh, because uh, I think I was 24 when I was made the CEO for our tourism office.
1: Oh, Wow. Wow! Fresh out of school, and, uh, pretty much, and in the seventies. You know? Yes. Wow! Uh, I and,
2: didn't know
1: that, Hayden.
2: Oh, I've and learned something. So I, I was the first tourist, uh, uh, the first uh, Cook Islander to run that office, because they had an expatriate before me, and unfortunately, his contract ran out. A uh, year and a half, to, year and a half after I got back here from university, working for them, and so I was thrown in at the deep end.
1: What a wealth of knowledge in the seventies, mm. first Cook Island CEO tourism. Mm.
2: That's awesome. So that's where my involvement. But it, it, it was a daunting prospect to think that I would be there, given there's nothing else in government beyond being the CEO uh for the tourism department. So I after a few years, after four years as CEO, I decided with my wife we I wanted I always wanted to get into the private sector. But I also wanted a wider commercial experience. So we left here and went to New Zealand, uh, worked in the for a hotel liquor company there for a few years. Then I went to Papua New Guinea. Wow, <laughs> uh, pa- the reason we're going to Papua New Guinea was nothing else than chasing the money, <laughs> because they make big bucks for you to go to that crazy place. <laughs> 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 yeah, very crazy place. Well, it would
1: have been very like a lot of experience. Yes, yeah. I
2: worked for three years. I was the I, I actually was employed by two Chinese, that brothers to. Uh, to set up a textile manufacturing uh, company there. Oh. Three years I did that, and after that I was offered a job at. Uh, and marketing has always been my, my interest, and uh, and I was offered the job by, the brewery there, which was owned by Heineken to work for the liquor, you know, the brewery there as a marketing manager. So for three years I was marketing manager of the brewery there, of Heineken Brewery. Uh,
1: And when did you come back to Rarotonga?
2: Oh, a few years later because we went back to New Zealand after that. Mm -hmm. After six years of surviving in Papua New (laughs) Guinea, we went back, we went to New Zealand uh, for three years. Then I was offered the job here by our Prime Minister at the time, uh, Sir Geoffrey Henry, to come back here as his CEO. Uh, Wow again
1: for me. (laughs) Wow again for me.
2: Because uh, and it was time for us to come back. My mom and dad were getting on, and he's retired from pearl farming, so I came back here and took that up with my younger brother. But I worked for the Prime Minister for nine years. As his uh, basically as his chief of staff, uh, well, I was the first chief of staff uh, for the government. Wow! Because we restructured, we restructured the, the government. We we got through uh, a very tough time in the mid nineties. For anybody who knows our history here, that we, the government went bankrupt, and I was right in the middle of that. Uh, and 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 we sacked half the, nearly half of the workforce, uh, the workers in government. We did some pretty dramatic things at that time in government. Very interesting. That's why I was there for longer than I intended, nine years. And and then I went into the private sector, starting off because we already are, I've already taken over my dad's uh, pearl farm. So pearl was our first business. And but tourism has always been my you know my interest. Uh, so. Uh, uh, when the, I thought that it was time for me to dabble in tourism again, and the first thing I thought of was the progressive dinner. Hmm. So we started the progressive dinner before we started our tour company, Cook Islands Tours.
0: Oh, I would have thought it been the they opposite. We started through the progressive dinner. Cool,
1: because um, the, the progressive dinner tour, like he just uh, Tim just said, started first, and then he opened up Cook Islands Tours and Cook Islands Tours. Uh, does lots of things, um, Hayden. They also have airport pickup, airport drop-offs. Um, they've done their own tours mm. that they've created, uh, walking tours, hiking tours. Mm. You know, so it just kind of, that was the first tour, the progressive dinner tour, and then the rest of Cook Islands tours. Yeah.
2: Cook Islands Tours is a, a, a fully integrated inbound tour company. We have our own fleet of vehicles. With some tours available, but we deal, we, we work with wholesalers overseas. We uh, sell all the tours available on the island, but that's Cook Island tours. But I started uh, the Progressive Dinner two years before we started Cook Island's tours.
0: And what source of food? Just, I mean, I, I, from our last interview, which people will hear on this podcast, we talked about prime foods and the and the foods available for import. Are most of the foods that you try are they locally grown? Are they half shipped in? What is kind of, What would I expect on a dinner in the Cook Islands if I was a first timer there? Good question.
2: Well, most of the food you will have on the progressive dinners locally, or uh, except for for uh, what do we provide
0: what chicken.
2: We have- we uh, import chicken which is which is pretty <laughs> funny because like,
0: to all our, our listeners memory. listening we're actually listening to chickens in the background so anybody who is listening right now <laughs> Chantal we used and to company, eat them
1: we used to eat them there is a lot of chicken lazy? here <laughs>
2: uh, in the morning you will hear a lot of chicken <laughs> when they're coming off the, the trees around here
1: generally the first stop of the progressive dinner which is your entree is generally the raw fish meal. Right, mm. and that's marinated in lemon and coconut cream. That's generally the first the first meal at the yeah. first house. With a little
2: bit of salads, a little yeah, salad, or, or, or oh, banana I've salad. had those before, like- and those
0: are delicious. Mm.
1: And then when you go on to the main food, it's um, ruko in our language, which is a spinach. I always yeah. describe yeah. it, it Popeye as Popeye, Popeye spinach. Popeye He's gonna food. say the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> I mm. describe it as. Popeye spinach, it's full of iron.
0: And that comes from the top of the taro plant, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, the young taro leaves. Yeah.
0: yeah,
1: That's right. And so that is in amongst with your um, other salads that you have, mm. right? And then another delicacy um, would be when you go on to sometimes in the ruko meal as well with whatever meat is provided at the same time. Uh, you do have taro as well um which is the root vegetable that the bottom of the the bottom of that ruko plant
2: and 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 the meat and uh the meat is normally we always have chicken and fish and uh and sometimes a little bit of pork and so on
1: oh fish yeah I like uh, the fish
2: so it's always the, there's always that and and a lot of salads and so on and and, and the local the our local staples like taro and yeah, and, uh, and 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 one other thing that uh, is always there because it's it's a specialty here. We call it mayonnaise, but uh, I think people have renamed it the rainbow salad because it's always pinky. Yes, because I have one had that before. Ingredients that you've had that huh? one of the ingredients that makes it pink is uh, beetroot, sure. but that is definitely a local dish mm. because it's it originated from when. People had, uh, you know, making up a, a salad. They put anything they can they they have around the house, you know, any any ve- but they all canned before. They were all canned vegetables from New Zealand and so before, on. Before, yeah. Uh, now they they still do that because it certainly is 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 tastes different to the potato salad and all those other kind of uh, vegetable salads you do.
1: I know mm-hmm. another dish that I remember having, Tim, was puke.
2: Are we always that? I mean, that's a that's a local staple, uh, uh, mixing fruits and uh, with with the, uh, the 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 flour, the arrowroot flour. Yeah, so, and but, then cutting it in, in coconut cream. So
1: pukia is the local name for say you get bananas, Hayden, right, mm-hmm. or papaya, popo, Um so you boil you boil the bananas, right? Yeah, the ripe, the ripe, ones, the ripe, ones. The ripe, ripe, ripe ones, and they're, they're so sweet. That's where you you don't need any sugar. It's just all natural sugar in it. You boil them. Then you um, mix like two cups of the banana and one cup of arrowroot powder. Mix that together. Then you put it in a baking dish and you bake it in the oven. Then when you bring that out, you just cut it up like into squares, right? And then you put your coconut cream on it that you've grated. And that is pretty much um, how you can even have like your dessert because there's no sugar in it at all. It's just all that natural sugar. So we do that with ripe bananas, ripe pawpaw, and whatever is available at the time. And um, it's called pukke.
2: And normally that that gets served in with the main course, not not dessert. Okay.
0: <laughs> if that's my main course, I can't wait to hear what the dessert is because that already sounds just wonderful enough for a main
2: well, dessert is is an interesting uh, because for 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 us the normal way we eat is that uh, we don't desserts gets mixed up with with the main course. You will see people when they go to, because it's normally buffet, uh, and 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 that's the thing. You know, I remember uh, my wife is a Kiwi, and when we used to go to their place, they. Ha- I'm not sure about the Americans, but the. In New Zealand, quite often, they serve you with a plate of food. And, and, you know, you serve and then you sit with your plate of food. In the cooks, we don't do that. It is kind of a... The reason why we don't do it is uh, we don't like to think that we are measuring out people's portion. Uh, We put the food in the middle of the table and you help yourself. (laughs) And one day I explained to my uh, in laws that, you know, uh, I, I just was explaining our culture and so on. And they got very self conscious about it.
1: What he's saying is, <laughs> can you not plate my food? I would like to please come to the kitchen and choose what I would like because I it's, like It's normally placed in front of you, so that? you
2: help yourself. Uh, how many times you want to help it's it's that kind of uh, perception you know how we progressive view, eating how yeah. we view uh, you know how we have uh, our hosts uh, our our guests we never measure out the food for our guests uh, and that's something uh that we want people to you know uh, we always say on progressive dinner that uh, you know uh you must get two or three servings otherwise you'll offend your host <laughs> You know, and that's what people here will do when you just eat in one small piece. Oh, yeah, oh, go eat some more, eat some more, because you know, when you eat a lot, oh that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: a sign they liked it. <laughs>
2: yeah. So I mean through this, but also the through uh we always give the host we, we, we impress on the host that. The one of the most important thing in the progressive then is to be able to impart to your guests, uh what's important to you as a family, what do you do. Uh, these are the kind of things that, you know, I would like to know when I go into a person's home. We are naturally, you know, curious about, you know, what do you do for bread, uh, you know, uh, uh, in your home. Of course, here, the, there's an ina- some inevitable uh Topics that pop up, like land.
1: So the so the guests land. ask the homeowners questions. You know, at each stop, at the entree stop, at the main stop, and at the dessert stop. So the guests are allowed to ask their host questions. And what Tim is saying is, a variety of questions can come up because they are able to ask their their hosts. Right. So what he's saying is, they ask visitors ask about land. Visitors ask about. Um, you know
2: how this land thing comes out all the time is somebody will say, uh, can you buy a house here? Can you buy a home here? And, and <laughs> some people, you know, you know, the, the thing is, can you buy a property here? And, so on. and, and that opens up a whole uh, huge topic of why you can't, how land is owned here and all of that and so on, uh, because uh, – on Rautonga, like any other island, on Rautonga, foreigners are the same as people from the outhang. We are all foreigners here. Those who don't own land here, who have no... Idea. So you have to work out how you can acquire land. It's getting expensive to 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 buy a piece of land. You can only buy a leasehold. You can't freehold anything here. Uh, but that's the same for foreigners. So... Outer islands, uh, I'm fortunate in that I actually have uh, Manihiki, my outer island parent, my father, but my mother is from Tonga, so I'm a a part Tonga and I'm not a foreigner, but a lot of outer islands, they're foreigners on Tonga.
1: As would we be if we went to an outer island, right? Ah, So each
0: island is considered unique unto itself, not as in some ways. Oh, yes, yes.
1: we are very parochial.
0: Well, ah, I didn't know that because I just violence. see it as all 15 islands. I don't see it as different, but I know there's different dialects on each island. So, in some ways, yeah. it does make sense that each one is unique unto wow. itself of the homestead in a way. We, you see, each
2: island is is uh what was I going to say? Um, we have our own culture. The language is only the the, the illustration of that. Our languages are unique, each island, uh, quite different. For example, the Cook Island, I mean, my home island, Manike, the closest dialect, Polynesian dialect, to my home island in Manike is New Zealand
1: Maori. Wow.
0: Wow, it wouldn't even and be, yeah. The
1: furthest, you know, yeah. do you remember, Hayden Manike is the furthest north of Rarotonga.
0: Yes, I'm aware uh, of that.
1: In those plains... The little planes, um, Timmy. How yeah. long does it take to fly to oh, Manihiki? Oh,
0: three and a half hours.
1: Three and a half hours <laughs> from Rarotonga to fly to the furthest northern group island, Manihiki.
2: But here's the the Where more Temu's important uh, information on flying to Manihiki. To fly there and come back to Rarotonga in New Zealand dollars, uh, that's probably uh, probably yeah. In U.S. dollars, you're probably looking at 3000 U.S.
0: dollars. Wow, just to get to one of your islands. Yeah, and back.
2: And that's more – I can fly to London and back cheaper.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cheaper. You can easily get to London cheaper than that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he gets more meals on that trip.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because to go from Marisol to London, he's got to do a few international oh, links. I have
2: Two pills to to be able to fly there to check my pilfer.
0: <laughs> wow! It
1: puts a really good perspective on how big the Cook Islands waters are.
0: Yeah, someone once told yeah. me that, and I'm, I've used it before. Is that, and I haven't again. I haven't compared and contrasted, but I was told that the overall area from island to island, island island, is the size of Texas in America, where it's that spread out. Let me-
2: let me give you a demonstration uh, or illustration of, of the size of the Cook Islands I used to, when I was working for government often I visit I go on on, on regional and and because most people, most of the time you are seated alphabetically uh, country by country and who should sit on my left or, or right whichever way they're going around but they always speak before me in terms of introducing, your respective country, and and of course, guaranteed the Chinese rep will get up and say how big they are, more than a billion people, and, and, and all the all the big data, and and then I have to get up and and introduce the Cook Islands, <laughs> and uh, what do you what do you say about the Cook Islands, which is uh, probably smaller than the village in China, but anyway. It took me a couple of times to work out that I don't mention the population. Uh, I don't mention the, the size of land. But I always say that it's very difficult to find the Cook Islands on a world map because they're just dots. However, if you go to the South Pacific and, and, and think of these dots you see, if you get a good map, you see the dots. But if you super, superimpose those dots on Europe, we extend from Scandinavia to the foot of uh, Italy, from the Atlantic coast of Portugal to the to the border of uh, Russia. Wow, that's the Cook Islands, and if you superimpose, that's basically it. And then, uh, given that of island, that should get, give anyone a, a, an understanding of the kind of uh, magnitude of the problems we as a country. Uh, labor under in terms of just dots of islands spread over, not many people, resources, and all of that. So that's how I introduced the Cook Islands. A total contrast to good old China.
0: Yeah, <coughs> completely.
1: And water in the middle.
0: Yeah. And you're still providing progressive dinners every – well, we were providing progressive dinners until there was no flights available. But every week – Well, went-
2: yeah, it's five, uh, getting on six months now. Okay. that uh, well the place has basically come to a standstill. Chantel knows that I know that we don't have any business now uh, we've gone back to planting I'm sure and yeah. fishing and uh, those kind of traditional things that keep us occupied interesting enough uh, in a small place like this I'm finding I'm always busy I'm working on so many things Let's see. Uh, people are busy <laughs> in, in other ways I'm wondering well, what when we get back to the tourism industry, I've been
1: thinking the same thing.
2: Tim gets me. back into you know I've got projects and involvement coming out of my ears. <laughs> I think uh, I agree.
1: You know, yeah, it's because of this. You know, um, Hayden and I use the word pivot. takaori. yeah. You know, what mm-hmm. takaori because yeah. we we've had to uh, pivot. You know, so with the pandemic. Um, and there's a lot of projects, like Tim was just said, that are coming out of his ears now because before we were very busy doing that. Yeah, and we so were now- focused
2: on, on, on just the, the business and those kind of things. Now you kind of learn to expand your mind and and look at other things you could get involved in. Uh, and, and really this, this I was running from one meeting to another yesterday and even in the evening we had a Chamber of Commerce AGM and then I run to a... To present something from my growers' association to the Ministry of Agriculture and Parliament on a bill, a new agriculture bill, and got home nine in after nine last night, and and, and I'm wondering, oh, why am I so busy? Nothing, there's no money coming in, <laughs> but I guess it's good to be occupied.
0: Well, and eventually, when um, the planes do come back, I will definitely be jumping onto this progressive dinner because it just sounds. Uh, it's just what I like about the Cook Islands. I've said this many times before: is I love being people's homes, meeting the locals, and not just being at a restaurant that's devoid of tourists, but or devoid of tourists. I am the tourist, devoid of locals, but really integrating and going out to dinner with people who are locals as well. That's the best part. Well,
2: one other thing that we have been thinking about the progressive dinner with my staff is because uh, you know everybody's talking about. Uh, the new norm, the new normal. And, 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 uh, and, and we've been talking with my senior staff and I want to involve my junior staff. What is the new normal? And in, in the kind of things we do, uh, for example, the progressive dinner, the minimum number to run it, and, and normally we never have any problem, is, is 10, 10 diners. Uh, that's why it's only for certain nights uh and the, no, the what we normally look at the the, the bigger the, the, the you know the big size of groups we try to limit it actually to definitely no more than 25 because that's uh, our normal bus size and i think that's manageable 20 is the ideal we have big groups but those big groups are two groups and so on and, and groups they groups when they do 40 uh, they, they book well, you know, when they so do forty we,
1: people, it's usually yeah. wedding groups, big we, we groups, small the, the groups. It, when bare, it's this. just individuals he's saying booking, yeah. FITs, free individual travellers. Yeah. Then he's saying it like twenty. Yeah.
0: That makes but, sense.
2: But yeah. yeah. we can, you know there's preparation for that. But the, the the other thing we we have talked about, say with all our other tours, and now the progressive dinner, uh people may for quite some time prefer to do things in their own what you what bubble, in you know, their own group, that it may be there's an, you know, we can add on to something and uh, without our tours of smaller groups, you know, so that they stay in their own bubble. It just makes them much more comfortable. That makes sense. Uh, so we are thinking of how we can do that. They will be special. They won't be on the same night as others where you can book just, your family or your own little group uh, and design something around that so that you, you're going to host. But it's a very uh, private, uh, more personal and more uh, tailor-made for, for small groups, mm-hmm. say under 10. Nice.
1: Yeah, I like
0: that.
2: Awesome. So that's something we're, we're trying to work through and then we will talk with our hosts to see how we can manage that. Cool,
0: and, so where, can and where can people find more information about this?
2: Uh, well, we have our website and so on. Uh, that, that, Which is uh, uh,
1: www.cookislandstours.co.ck, www.cookislandstours.co.ck. And, of course, on our website, podcast.com we'll put all the details up for Timu's business, Cook Islands mm-hmm. Tours. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's, that's something now that uh, I think a lot of people are exercising their mind as to what the new normal will be. And maybe there would be a transition period uh, before people get back to their normal behaviour, but it could be something uh, where we're looking at personalised tours, even now other tours, how we can do it in much smaller groups so that uh, people feel comfortable. Uh, even we, we haven't worked out how we're going to introduce visitors back here and how we behave, you know, what are the, the do's and don'ts. Uh, One
0: step at a time.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're working in, in our various, uh, you know, tourist sectors like us. My, our involvement as a tour company, uh, our face-to-face with people would be normally through our transportation taking people on tours, picking them at the airport and so on. And so transportation sector in the tourist industry, we're working on that, getting guidelines in place so that, um, one, we look after our, because we're COVID-free at the moment, uh, as well as ensuring that the visitors are are also, um, you know, protected and so on.
0: Awesome. Right. No, thank you so much. This, you. I learned more than I, I just I had no idea about half of this information and just hearing the stories, I, I like I've told Chantal, I'd see one plane to get myself back there, but that's not going to happen anytime well,
1: soon.
2: <laughs> it will certainly, certainly be our pleasure to have you come on the Progressive Dinner.
0: No, uh, thank you. Uh,
2: and I think the thing is our hosts, we, we try to get them to understand what we're trying to do, but uh, we try to minimize coaching. We, we, we want their personality mm. to come out, so that people you will know that, that you know they're different people, different personalities,
1: so, so the you, kind
2: you, of interest. Well, you advertise. They, you advertise authentic. You
1: know, you want them to have keep
2: their well, authenticity. Well, I, I guess uh, our progressive dinner uh, is a way of illustrating for me my philosophy of. of of what I see our tourist industry is. I mean, if you go from island to island, we're all small islands, tropical and so on. There is a uh, a ubiquitous uh, experience when you look at just the physical features, you know, uh, the beaches and all of that. Uh, And for people to get, you know, to get a real experience out of each individual destination is... Base it depends on our ability to bring the the people aspect. I call it people aspect rather than culture. Because mm. the people aspect is more personal. Uh so we need to be able to find things that allows people to experience it because I, I I'm sure that it you know that it enhances the experience uh it's with lovely. any of our wines.
1: Lovely. Thank you. you- Thank you, Mr. Ophel, pleasure me. talking
2: to you. Thank you very much.
0: A Thank pleasure you, hey, very man. much, both of you. We'll talk to you guys soon. And I, is it is it kakite? How do you say goodbye in Ka-kute.
1: Well you can say kakite or you
0: could say um Aireva. Oh geez, this is gonna yeah. go on the spot for me again.
1: <laughs> well, you're the tourist. I'm gonna and stick so with Kakite. This is <clears throat> this, is, this yeah. is such a good show because you're the tourist and you <laughs> It, uh, who we're
2: reaching it, out to. It's it's something that, I mean, we want you visitors to be, to, to, to have that familiarity with with some of these terminologies. But you know one thing that I cringe when I go to Hawaii, when people say aloha, because it's so contrived. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas uh, we want you to come naturally when you say
0: kakite, which means see you later. Yes. See you later. And with that, uh, kakite. Actually,
1: Goodbye. Just, bye. bye. <laughs>
0: Thank you for taking time to listen to the Kierana podcast. If you love the podcast as much as Chantal and myself love making these podcasts, we would love your financial support. We sadly cannot run this podcast on coconuts alone, and we would love some financial support to help make this an even greater success. If you feel compelled, head on over to slash donate to donate. Have a fantastic day and thank you so much for your continued support.